So, um, can you tell me how you spell your middle name? Like, how you, how you, how you say it? Yeah. So, Vary. Yeah, I know, girl. Vary? Yeah, so M H. So, it looks like Mary or Mahari or something. I, uh, it used, but I, you would I, never I, know. You would never know. Var- how would you know? Vary. Yeah. yeah, because it's Scottish Gaelic. So, um,. Oh. Uh, yeah, phonetically, I guess it would be like V A dash R E, just for for help. So vary, um, but yeah, um, I, but I mean, people have said like, "Welcome to Ellis Mary, Ellis Mahari." I, well, and I'm like, I, it's I fine. thought it was Mahari. Yeah, and I, I've always called you Mahari. That's okay. Barry. Barry. V A V A Barry. Ellis Barry Cameron. That's cute. I like inspired that. by like cultural it. heritage. Scottish just um, I have a few words still, but not really. Um, to be honest, like I can, you know, I can like Gurum means blue, Pishak means kitten, you know, Falcha, hello, um, Tapla, thank you. Um, I can ask people like, hi, how are you doing? That sort of thing. Kimberaho, Hakamashita. Um, and but but like it's not. Um, yeah, I used to be. According to my mom, I used to be really really good at it. Um, and she doesn't speak Gaelic, but my grandparents did. So they would maybe look after me during the day because both mm. my parents were working. So, um, yeah, sometimes they would be a bit like my mum would come home to pick me up and I would be trying to speak to her in Gaelic. And she'd be like, oh, I can't speak to my own child. Like, she's not speaking English. <laughs> Your parents didn't speak Gaelic? My dad spoke a bit, but my mum didn't because she's from Edinburgh. So oh. Scottish Gaelic tends to be more like the, the Western Isles, Highlands. Mm. Yeah, generally. Interesting, interesting. So there you go. There you go. I've always been intrigued by the stories of people in the jewellery industry who make these items, what inspires them and brings them to this world. I'm here to share their stories. This is A Thousand Facets. I fell in love with Ellie's very camera's art from the first moment I saw her thesis work. There was a rough freedom to her pieces. I immediately connected with it. Then I met her and it was like the universe gifted me with this person in my life. Her effervescence, charisma, huge heart is three times more precious than her already outstanding work. I love sitting to talk to her and I know you will too. Well, hi, Ellis. Welcome. Hi. Thanks Um, for having me. So... I met. So I first saw your work when you have your you posted your graduation work, um, and I found it out of Kismet, and I fell in love with it because the textures were so incredible. Just the lines were really different, and I posted it on um, on the blog and the in, on Instagram, and then I met you in New York now. Yeah. Yeah. With your mom, which I'm a fan, <laughs> and I love her. She's adorable. She's so cute. And I fell in love with you. You, you were just like, you, just, you're just you such a cuddly person, and just you have such a great personality, and you're just, I don't know, I, I've really connected with you. And, um, and it's just like, it's been a good friendship for like, what, yeah, six years? It's been a nice Five journey, years? like, from, because obviously my memory of it is also, because um, I remember the piece you posted, it was rutilated quartz, yes. and it was orange, and it was this yes. kind of hand-carved square shape, and mm-hmm. and it had all these sort of geometric but still organic lines in it. And I remember getting this really sweet message from you saying, hey, I'm a thousand facets, <laughs> I have a blah, would you mind awfully? And I was like, of course not. Like, it was my master's degree show, 
I just started working in gold and it was just, yeah, it was, it was so nice um, to, to, to have somebody be like, hey, I, I like this. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really love your work because it really spoke to me. Like, I love the roughness of it. And it was just so different and interesting. And like, I've seen your journey progress in, in such an incredible way. Um, so let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Where do you grow up? Okay, so... I'm in London now, so I'm like a, a fake Scottish person at the moment. I've been in London. <laughs> Not a fake Scottish <laughs> um, But I, uh, I grew up in the Highlands of Scotland, so I'm specifically from a little village called Benderloch, but we have relatives on some of the islands as well, like Lismore, um, my uncle's on Mull. Um, but the, the actual whole inspiration behind all of my work is my grandparents' farmland, in a, in the little village where I'm from, which we can trace back several hundred years, um, and that's kind of where all of the work's inspired from all these amazing objects that we found in the earth. Um, so yeah, I was just super lucky to grow up in this really beautiful remote part of the Highlands that's very different from being in London now. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I, like I've only know the Highlands from Outlander. I know it's like I forget you. No, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. But like I just love like the terrain. Like mm. I, I always say that like one of my favorite places in the world is Iceland. Like it's yeah. like one of, and I feel like Scotland may have that same ruggedness. That's so funny you say that because I uh, I actually did I did a residency just for a month in in Iceland um after I finished my BA and even although Iceland is much flatter mm -hmm. there's a very similar terrain and there's a sort of like I use the word starkness but I mean that in a very complimentary way because yeah. I feel similarly about the highlands like yeah. there's this like almost quiet beauty to yeah. it and it's yeah that's so funny you, you think that because it is totally true yeah. there's this there's this sort of like otherworldly beauty to it I that know, definitely like you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're waiting for the fairies to just come yeah. out of somewhere yeah. because it's it's like such a terrain that I've never seen before <laughs> so I feel like when I like I'm hoping to visit Scotland soon of course I'm hoping I'm begging because I, I just want to see the islands and I just yeah. want to see just the terrain and everything um, and I know that I'm gonna love it I'm a friendly person it's because I grew up in a very friendly like household living environment like everyone is very sharing in the west coast of Scotland like there's this phrase we have which is called you like you could get a piece at anyone's door pieces of like a sandwich so like you could show up anywhere and people and you'd be like oh uh, oh yeah no I ended up here by and I'm like come on in have a bed we've just cooked a meal you know it's 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 yeah which, which I think that's why I love Scottish people yeah. <laughs> like everybody that I know that is Scottish is like somebody that I love like it's just Aww. like every every, oh, every Scot that I've known I haven't met a Scot that I don't love oh you know because it's like there's something like warm warmness and they you guys have the best stories you have the best like we're just very blunt <laughs> no well I and, and you know that we share yeah. that so but like it's just like I just have an affinity for, to all of you and I just so love it um do you have like a first memory of jewelry Oh, wow. Um, I mean, maybe not jewellery specifically, or there's, like, jewellery in, like, smaller pockets, but it was, like... Just the artefacts, it's more... Your yeah, like, uh, like, objects in the land, or, like... Do you know what it was? I think growing up, traditionally in Scotland, for the most part, jewellery has always... This is, like, obviously a massive generalisation, but my memories of jewellery is quite traditional. Yeah. So maybe, like... 
seeing like your granny's ring or like my my great aunt had this this beautiful sapphire and uh, diamond engagement ring things like that things that look very much like jewelry rather than what we would maybe see yeah. in more of like a contemporary context um but to be honest i'm i was really really lucky growing up like i talk about this a lot but i super I incredibly was because my parents were like super creative people my mom was a primary school teacher she's retired now but she has this incredible mind that just we were always we had the craft drawer but like the craft drawer wasn't a drawer craft was like a craft chest of like <laughs> three different layers and like nothing ever went to waste like all the classic like toilet rolls that then get turned into like crowns for your head and like this isn't jewelry but i remember us um having my 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 parents having like people around for maybe maybe my fourth or fifth birthday or something and like it's it's the thing where when you maybe don't you come from like a working class background you don't have tons of money lying around so instead of like party favors or anything like that we all made our own crowns and we spent time like you know coloring them all in painting them and it kind of became a whole afternoon I think she planned like other things for us to do but everyone was just (laughs) obsessed with making their own crowns and all the boys were like trying to be cool about it but then they got super into it when they saw the girls like playing with all the glitter half the boys had super pink sparkly clowns it was was, was just very yeah it was fun that's so cute so that's yeah there's like fun memories like that that maybe aren't like jewelry jewelry specific but like but little instances yeah it. and just like the creativity of it yeah like just trying something new and creating something that yeah. from something else which is yeah. like the cool part or seeing even the scale of things like um my dad has always loved cars like he used to be a mechanic and he, he you know he so i would get to like I'm not sure how safe this is but i would get <laughs> to like crawl underneath some of the cars with him or i would see him like soldering like certain bits together or just making things fit and making things work and like just seeing like don't worry I was like safe from this (laughs) I'm about to be like there's sparks and things but like watching all of this kind of happen and seeing this kind of alchemy of like oh you've got these two pieces of metal that were very much not together now they're joined what like that as a child is is literal magic yeah so because you don't know you don't know the science of all these things you're just like wow that's so cool so and like tell me about the artifacts like would you used to go like just roaming around and like looking at the at the land and just with a metal detector and yeah so i mean it's it's been a little bit of a journey like obviously to begin with it was more about the physical landscape and the idea of like conveying a sense of place in my work so a sense of like cultural heritage cultural identity like what makes me feel in, what's indicative of the landscape that makes me feel like I'm the person that I am, how the landscape around me has interacted and impacted on myself and how I've grown and my like appreciation of the world. Um, and just what, like, you, you know, the beaches and the, the mountains and all the me- different memories that they hold for me. And just the fact that before we even found any of the artifacts because to be honest those are actually quite recent now really? yeah, yeah yeah well yeah i've seen you post about it and i, a bit I more. found it really interesting yeah um but just to begin with it used to be just i don't know like the, the like the feeling that you get when you're walking on my my mom used to always get us up at like crazy times in the middle of the night to watch like there would be special like solar eclipses or like times when like the the sea would move all the way out from the beach or we would like 
get a sleeping bag to like camp overnight to see like one particular star that was going to be coming out and it was like that that kind of twilight appreciation of certain things and then after that it was more in really in the last couple of years where they've kind of started to investigate my grandparents farm a little bit more and it's the thing where in Scotland, like you, you just need permission to to go on the on the land. Like anyone can kind of metal detect on your yeah. area. You just need to kind of ch- yeah. kindly ask, sort of thing. Yeah. And there's a couple of really talented metal detectors. It's definitely not like all me going out with things like that. It's you know they have incredible skills and incredible machinery that can discover things. You know, many many feet below the earth. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's just we've more so even in the last like eight to 12 months we've found i mean a a range of different things little apothecary pots vessels sections of knives swords all sorts of yeah bits of rings coins i mean also like you know the the 20 pences and like the other (laughs) stuff that you find that you're kind of like well that's not historical but it's still (laughs) kind of exciting it's like a childlike joy in yeah. a way like when you're beep 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 and you're like Ooh. And do, you, do you have an idea of like when where the what's the date for them like 1500 1600 yeah yeah so we can kind of we can trace the the farm back to sort of 15 1600s and a lot of the objects are dating from those times so mainly 15 to 1700s there i think we there was a coin that was found the other day that was like Easier to date, obviously, because they have dates on them. <laughs> uh, so, like, 1792, things like that. Some wow. of the the little apothecary pots and things that we've found have been more, like, f- mid-1500s, that sort of thing. So it's, it's one thing I've kind of been saying to people, you know, these are all objects that were found so close to the farm that it probably was either my ancestors or maybe maybe people coming to uh, attack my ancestors <laughs> so and maybe then they became my ancestors so it's like and, and, and the farm has been in the family for many yeah years. yeah yeah all the all the way back on my on my um on my dad's side um all the way back um like we are Camerons through and through and like my grandma was uh, she was a Campbell and like they were more from the island so like Lismore and places like that but that particular farm yes has been I mean it's obviously they've added buildings and outhouses and like electricity (laughs) (laughs) I know right sorcery (laughs) um but yeah it's yeah it's it's a lot of heritage like I'm really lucky what's the the Campbell colors oh um so sorry the Cameron Cameron colors I'll I'll need to send you them I mean uh like no no huge shade to <laughs> to my to my my colors they're maybe not like the prettiest ones in the world i'll send you a nice picture yes, but please, but there's something yeah it's uh, and it's it's funny because like th- you know people that you're friends with now like one of my mom's friends is a mcdonald and like they were always fighting oh, the campbells and the camerons <laughs> and everything and you know there was i mean when you read back on it it's it's mystical and interesting but also like we were, Petty. we were, t- yeah, we we're terrible people. We'd be like going over for like, 
you know, what's supposed to be a friendly dinner and then like half of them die. <laughs> so, I mean, we romanticize it and things all pretty, but you know, it was, it was, I mean, I'm going to go for a survival of like the fittest exactly. or maybe the sneakiest. Yeah, but like if, if one daughter left with the other daughter, the, the, the son from another family, and yeah. got, like, they, you know, there's, I'm sure that there's a lot of that. Yeah. As well. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Right. So, um, going back to, um, jewelry. Um, mm-hmm. so what what inspired you to to start studying jewelry um so like i said like i always knew i wanted to do something creative of sorts because you know we we used to do i used to do a lot of collaging and sketchbooky type things i think because also you can kind of collage with anything like you can take leaves from the beach or you can like find a really like for because I was very much encouraged to like look at all these beautiful colors or like we do a thing like you know find me a gray stone like uh, a stone with a green fleck in it and, and you know really focusing to see these things from like a young age I had like appreciation of like color texture all that sort of thing um and then in high school uh I was one of like I think maybe two possibly three girls who was doing craft and design so like woodworking and things like that as well because And that obviously was skills that in in some way I have then ended up using in jewellery, but I didn't really know at the time. I just kind of knew that I enjoyed working with my hands and, like, making things from, you know, like, sectional bits of wood and things, stuff that, not from nothing exactly, but, like, two-dimensional forms suddenly become a table or, you know, a spice rack. It doesn't yeah. need to be that exciting. Um, but, yeah, so I was studying... Uh, in high school art a lot um, and then I decided that I wanted to do a portfolio course in Glasgow there's um, Cardonald College in, Glas- in Glasgow is kind of like a, a sort of an all-round portfolio course I'm not sure if they still have it but it's you get to do a bit of jewelry textiles painting photography and I'd always thought oh I want to do painting because that was kind of just what you did like you know that was the easiest thing to kind of think oh yeah so I'm you know you like art go be an artist sort of thing um but I was really lucky because you know you're you're 17 and you're supposed to be deciding what you do with your life and you I you know I knew I wanted to do something creative but I was very set on like oh yeah painting that seems like something I should do and I had a wonderful tutor there Alison Scott on the on the portfolio course who She got us all to try a bit of everything. I was originally supposed to be in, like, the the fine art section. And she was like, you know, I think actually, like, the way you manipulate, like, things on the page or, like, when we've been doing, like, more sculpture projects and things like that, you, you're you're doing things with your hands that are much more interesting than, than some of the other things, you know. And at that point, it was a conversation of, like, textiles or jewelry or something. But I loved the idea when I started researching it, you know, about body adornment and, like, why we wear what we wear, the sentiment that it can hold, the symbolism. And it just, yeah, I was just kind of hooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I went to study at Glasgow um, in the art school there. And that was, that was incredible because there's so many amazing tutors. Like, I had people like Andrew Lamb, who's incredibly skilled small scale fine work Jonathan Boyd very narrative focused um uh and like Anna Gordon Helen Marriott all really talented designers and makers in their in their own right and also Nigel Monroe and Shona Guthrie very patient 
technicians <laughs> who are happy for me to be like, hi, here's all my ideas. I have no idea how to make, like, how, what would I do here? And they're like, you need to rivet this. And I'm like, what's a rivet? Like, you know, so, yeah, it was just a kind of natural progression, but lots of nice steps along the way helping me kind of figure out what to do. You have definitely a really impressive name of professors and technicians <laughs> that help you find who you are. Yeah. So, um, like, can you, how do you find your voice because I, I you have a very specific voice and I really love it I love the warm colors of the diamonds that you use the just the 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 silhouettes that you use and the textures that you use specifically I really love that how did you came up with it I mean one thing I have said to people is the narrative in terms of looking at my heritage and looking at Scotland and what is representative of like my home to me that has always kind of stayed true regard regardless from like when I graduated and did my my bachelor's that was still the inspiration behind everything but the aesthetics have kind of changed and developed over the years I mean originally it was a lot more conceptual um working in silver and a lot more sort of large sculptural object based and then it's kind of been an, a natural progression more towards gold, precious stones, and then finally into 14 karat gold and diamonds. Um, but I think for me, it's just, you know, I did a master's to work out, you know, the to really, you know, be, figure out what it was that I was going to offer because, you know, the market can be so saturated. It, it definitely can. And I think it's the thing where you really need to be offering something different. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, there will be, like, slight similarities or, like, you know, you're not going to be the first person in the world to be making organic jewellery or jewellery yeah. inspired by your, your heritage or, or anything like that. Yeah. But it's... I never, I never make anything that I wouldn't want to wear myself yeah. in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I've, I've purposefully now developed like the three collections in gold origins which is definitely a lot more every day um i mean it's still gold but it's more affordable it's like little stacking rings little earrings you know that's a slightly younger consumer and then it's more engagement bridal one-of-a-kind diamonds and then relics is kind of more statement bigger pieces so it's you know they're all transferable across the board but some collections definitely speak more to different age groups or different demographics or different reasons for purchasing but i think it's just it's really taking the time to find like well like what what really appeals to you as a designer and i think also a lot of people are in a big rush sometimes to like be the next best thing that yeah. they have to be and you really do have to take the time. Like, I'm not saying you have to do a, a BA or a master's or anything. Like, you can you can come into it from a totally different specialism. Mm -hmm. um, like, I think Alice Ciccolini is a wonderful example mm -hmm. of that. She had a completely different career before she decided to do a master's at St. Martin's yeah. and redevelop her work in, in, in enamel. Yeah. Um, but I think it's so long as you're telling a story that's worth telling, you're, you've got reasoning and methodology behind everything and kind of I mean not to a point where you're having to over explain things the work should speak for itself but when yes. people are kind of saying oh you use these incredible colours of diamonds and I'm like well I'm inspired by the highlands of Scotland I'm not going to use big brash candy coloured objects because yeah. that is not indicative of our it's, landscape exactly. I want to use 
autumnal, soft, pastel shades, like the sun setting, the, the sunrise in the morning. And it's just, I think it's just having a, a belief in yourself and your work and also a willingness to change as well. When like, you know, I'm constantly thinking, what could I, what could I develop next? What could I do better? Where, where's the next place that I should be showing or developing my work? So yeah, yeah I think it's not being afraid to, yeah. to try and that's something. The, that's the important thing for me for uh, like, when I see people's work, mm. it's just seeing that evolution. And I, yeah. I've always seen that evolution with you and, and you bring a new, uh, a new, uh, uh, texture or a new just way of doing um, a piece of jewelry mm-hmm. or a, a new shape mm-hmm. and I really find it really appealing and, and you know like I've seen you from the moment that you <laughs> you know graduated yeah. till now and it's just like you always bring something exciting and then you get excited and you get me excited and it's just like <laughs> it's but it's like you know also like just your personality you can you can see like your personality in your work and like your warmness in your work and like how you know like you just like when people meet you it's like you're so infectious it's like I need to own like some of like uh, some of your work and like uh, you make me a, a gorgeous ring that I love and I wear all the time like to the point that I, my, my photos on, on my Google photos was like hey, you, you have this very similar shot all the time and it's like just <laughs> the, the, the ring it was like the um, your your stack and then Hoserat's like yeah, ring together yeah. because I love those two together yeah. and like they look like they, they complement each other so well but yeah, you know friends. Um, yeah they're friends <laughs> and like but it's just like I just just look at it and just every time that I see your your work I see something different like a different texture mm-hmm. something that is like really just different and, and it makes me so happy because like it, I can see you and that's the thing is like when I when I see your work out there I see I know that it's yours and I and, you. and it's like yeah. and that's really important to me it's like when an artist finds their voice and really understands who they are and you really know who you are yeah and I think it's not being afraid also to be like this is my niche this is what I do like I worked commission in other gemstones for instance like the the ring I made use opals and that was really fun to do um but like my whole main collection is different color natural diamonds we've just introduced some some old minor miners cut as well and old European cut but I I feel like, you know, if I was to move into all these different gemstones or like, oh, enamel's popular. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me add in yeah. some enamel. Or it's like not being trend-led. Like, obviously, be aware of what is happening around you. It's so important to be aware of everything. And if a new technique or something comes into play that you're like, oh, that could actually really work with my, with my work, with my brand. But sometimes I do see, you, you know, other people kind of, you know, tick box okay this is popular this season and I'm like just stay true to you I know it's just like when people ask me it's like what are the trends right now and what 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 (laughs) we should look at and I I hate that question because it's like I don't like to follow trends personally yeah I just pick what I like yeah what I see in the world and then I, I I see if it matches my personality so it's like I think that artists should be like that. It's just it's really hard to just be chasing trends. When you chase trends all the time, you don't find yourself. Yeah, you that's know? so true. That's it. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. You you need to find your own sense of self and like yeah, like it's it's just so important to you know like I, I <laughs> I'm a very like 
muted color palette human she, in real in real first time that i've seen her wear beige she's wearing a beige shirt i mean like, beige is <laughs> beige is still like a white no, I, color i, love what you're I have gold trousers that like i'm gonna wear tomorrow you're gonna be like what no but like there's there's certain things that just feel naturally like you and i think the nice thing is my work isn't for everyone like some yeah. people will look at it and then i'll just be like no, that's not like they like yeah. they like geometry or they like bright colorful stones or they just it's not for them and I think that's great. I would there's nothing that I would hate more than for people for my work to just be kind of like okay, like it's yeah. nice. Yeah. Like I don't want to make nice work. I want to yeah. make work that either really speaks to you or really doesn't, exactly. and that's entirely fine. Yeah. Like it's not for everyone. Like I love Izumiaki. I love Comme de Gaston. That's not everyone's exactly. style yeah. at all, and. It's important to just but, have your own point of view. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like if everybody liked the same thing, it will be such a boring place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's like in that, and that's the beauty of like design and trying new things. It's just like, and then you know, I always like when I started um, a thousand facets, I will, I, I, uh, I will everything that I post is my taste, and I have a very eclectic taste, but like I have very specific taste too. It's just like, it's not everything. It's just mm-hmm. like there's things on every different like you know geometrics but there's specific geometrics that yeah. I like organic but there's specific organic that I like things like that so the thing but you know I, I will just post what I love and I said mm-hmm. I know that somebody out there are go- is gonna like what I post mm-hmm. not everybody's gonna no. like it and I, I you know but it's okay yeah. I, I'm not telling you you should like what I like no it's you're like, just excited and you want to share it exactly exactly <laughs> but like that's the thing is like it, and, and i feel like a lot of artists like feel like oh well if one person doesn't like it i'm ruined and i'm like no you're gonna find your your audience mm-hmm. but you have to like really believe in it mm-hmm. but if you're gonna be like oh i'm gonna try this right now oh it's not working so i'm gonna try this other thing right now because this is what's happening oh it's not working it's like yeah which is your aesthetic what, yeah 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 for for me it's kind of like you know when you go into a restaurant and the menu is really large and you start to automatically panic because you're like you can't do all these different cuisines well like i exactly. love a short-ish menu you know it's just and they've stuck to their guns and this yes. is what they do and that and, and in my head it's kind of like I offer my menu. I'm not going <laughs> to offer you other, you know. And I like that. I no, like but that. it does. It reassures you. Like, it's uh, there's nothing scarier than being offered both all sorts of cuisines from all over the world. And you're like, you can't possibly yeah. do all of this well. This is not going to... completely agree. Noted. Noted. No, but, but and, 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 that's, and, and I really love that about you. It's just like, just seeing... You have, like, such a eye to just find this, like very sunsetty diamonds and like very like deep browns and things like that and it's there's just like they just speak your name so loud you know and like i i just i absolutely love it i just need you to like follow me around when i'm having because everyone has doubt days and everyone's always just like is this right or you know like when you've been looking at something for too long and stuff like that so it's it's always I always tell people never shop with your best friend no because they're gonna dissuade you from your taste <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> so it's like that yeah no I it, although saying that like when I walk about with some like um um Kai uh, who's also a jeweler um like when we walk back together she has a very specific point of view and I love because we especially if we go down around collect or something today uh like t- together 
I have a very like moody goth aesthetic that is not hers at all and we're both gravitate we'll walk into a room and go totally different directions <laughs> and I'll be like oh and she'll be like yeah and I'm like well what do you like and she'll be like that one I'm like oh okay <laughs> so I feel like you know you, you have like created you know like a tiny little empire for yourself you know like I, I see yourself every time that I go to a show like people really react to your work and like um, I see like little red dots and things which I <laughs> love seeing that um, so um, where do you see yourself taking your your work I mean for me I want to still make sure that it's all like s as I scale I don't want to scale too large and have the quality change or like not be able to do certain things that I used to do like at the moment like the last couple of years showing in America has been really great mm -hmm. it's definitely developed my audience a lot because I was, I was getting a lot of Instagram sales and online sales from my website for America and then I was like I need to just go investigate this market mm -hmm. and that's been great I think getting stockists that really get your work mm -hmm. um and they have spent time like understanding the narrative like Escolito for instance in America they have this great part of their Instagram called like Ask Allison so mm -hmm. she she'll tell you all yeah. about the work and all of the And they all just, you know, they super care. Everything makes, you know, they're really into like the concept and the materials and all their, everyone who works there is just really invested in, in the pieces and the work and, and everything. That's, you know, that's great. I mean, that's that's one example, but like there are so, like all of my stockists in different ways are so helpful with all of these things. Um, I, I love that the American market has really drawn to your work. Yeah, I think... A lot of that is also, you know, it's a few different things. There's Scots diaspora, obviously, so people mm -hmm. who have relatives, ancestors um, from Scotland, or maybe they've honeymooned there, or they have some kind of cultural connection. or heritage connection. Um, and then I suppose also the aesthetics and the colours and things. I can see, like, when, when you do research into, you know, what stores, what galleries, like, what would make sense for me, and seeing other you know work that they sell and thinking okay they do appreciate that organic or they do appreciate that narrative based work um and I mean I think it's just you know selling through independent galleries like in in the UK like uh, Tom Fullery is amazing Atla in Edinburgh also and moving more into the American market getting a few more I, I don't want hundreds and hundreds of stockists yeah. I want to be able to keep doing this well offering different things within each within each store um like for instance we've got sailor in chicago and azari garden in chicago but they have two completely different offerings yeah. and it's all the, the wonderful nature of a lot of these diamonds is you know they're, they're one very one of a kind so you know if you see that thing in in that one particular ring in one store it's not going to be the same in a different store um well that's the thing is like it's like i feel like i'll like maybe like 70% of your work is one of a kind yeah. when you look at it because it's like even if you have like baguettes every baguette is going to be different just because of yeah. the way that you pick your baguettes yeah. they're not just going to be just like a regular Clean, thing yeah. you know yeah. it's just going to be like have a lot of texture inside so each piece like unless it's like a pure metal mm -hmm. like piece sure. all your pieces are one of a kind sure. so even if they carry like even a similar vein yeah. they're still gonna be different because it's like everything is just gonna be unique to the person that is gonna buy it 
And I think that's part of the reason why it does appeal to people so much because, you know, especially at Goldsmiths Fair, um, you know, we've had clients kind of going, oh, so if this one sells, can I get another one like it? And I'm yeah, like, like, well, no. no. <laughs> like, I'll, I, we can maybe try and find you like a similar colour of stone yeah. or, you know, there's a few one of a kinds that have gone over the last couple of days that I will never be able to make those yeah. exact pieces again. And... I th- in some ways you know I think that's great because I don't want you know I, I love seeing my jewellery like out in the wild so to speak <laughs> like it's nice when clients come up to you and they're like oh look and they're wearing it and you're like ooh um, but yeah I love that one of a kind nature especially with like you know it's gold and diamonds they're precious pieces if you're spending a, a, you know a significant amount of money on these pieces you want pieces that feel like they are unique to exactly. you but yeah I think the American market is great for me. I love doing bespoke at my studio in London. I think going back and forth to America, you know, wholesale orders, retail clients, shows like Goldsmiths Fair are incredible. Um, yeah, it's just it's just growing naturally in that way. We've got a few people working with me now, um, which is really exciting. Um, and just kind of growing my team which is a really funny word for me to say because I've never had a team before um but growing my team organically in that kind of way and you know I don't I I never want my lead time to be like months and months and months and months and months because we're doing something or like the quality to go down because it's being made by someone who isn't me and they maybe haven't like learned the whole process or something so yeah, it's, it's a natural progression. Like, I'm not in a huge hurry. No, but like, it's, it's great. great. No, I, I, yeah. I, and I really like that. I, I think that you're doing it in a, in a really nice way. It's, like, as organic as your work it is. <laughs> but, like, it's just really, um, it's just, you, you, you want to grow. Yeah. You definitely want to grow. Sure. But, like, also you want to, like, not rush it. Yeah. Because it's, like, but that's what makes your work special, that it's not rushed. How do you come up with like new, um, new, new lines and new techniques? Um, so I mean, there's always stuff bubbling away in the back of my head. Like I've constantly have notebooks on me because it's the classic thing of like when you sit down and you're like, okay, I'm gonna give myself time to design stuff. That's when your brain goes a bit like, <laughs> what was it gonna be? So I have to have the ideas tend to come to me when I'm in the middle of two thousand other things like trying to you know finish bespoke orders or wholesale or, or meeting or something so i'm i'm consistently like the sketches might not make much sense to other people that doesn't matter it's only me that's looking at them exactly just like a quick something or a quick idea or i'll see like a, a, a new shade of diamond or a new a cut that i've not used before and i'm thinking oh could i get that like that kind of stone bit and that kind of oh. um and like yeah i think it's just giving yourself the time and like like the critical distance to like have a play in the wax because it is playing in the first sort of yeah. stage like I would love to make it sound all you know highbrow but it's not <laughs> you're you're investigating scale and proportion and how things will look on the hand um I do a lot of mood boards um you know images from the landscape images um maybe details or s- sections of like texture that I've kind of explored in a previous collection but I haven't fully developed yet um but sometimes ideas will literally just come to you like in the middle of like a private view opening for someone else like at, at a, like a painting gallery or yeah. something like that and yeah. you're like oh that somehow sparks something yeah. else so I don't think you can ever really sit yourself down so much and be like right today I am going to be creative and I'm going to it's like 
you need to be doing bits and pieces and or I mean obviously if I just you know get a whole new range of diamonds I'll maybe be like ooh that would be great in this ooh that would be great in that but you just need to be kind to yourself and and take the time and step away from it for a few hours and do something else sometimes or and like give yourself a bit of a break you know it's, it's important to like know, see your family and your friends and other <laughs> things like that too like I'm not saying but, you but that also brings <laughs> some inspiration and that's yeah. the thing is like it, 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 I just love how like people think that because you're an artist you're constantly like cre- being creative yeah. and it's like you need your those quiet moments to yeah. just like come up with like something new um do you have a like a favorite piece that like really resonated with you and then you sold it and you're like this I mean I have a few of those um the green ring that I'm wearing on my hand has tried to be bought quite a few times and (laughs) I had explained that we can make these a simple source you a beautiful stone that will be in the similar color way but this is my baby (laughs) um I yeah this my big green signet it's about three carat green diamond and I, I did make it with the intention of selling it and but like when I'm when I'm making pieces to begin with, like I'm fortunate that most of my fingers are the sorts of I hate to say like average sizes because there's no average size of finger, <laughs> but like ones that people can usually get on off. Um, and I made this one a little bit bigger so it would fit on my middle finger. And then I put it on, and then I wore it for a couple of days just because I, I like to wear test new designs just to make sure that everything is as it should be. And then yeah. I was like. Oh dear. And then a few people have tried to buy it either at trade fairs or just in general. I think and it's almost like when I'm saying no, this is my one, they want it more because you're like um but I mean like we had we had a lovely piece sell yesterday at the fair. Uh, it was a ring, very one of a kind stones, and it fitted her, which is just like that. Never that, most most yeah. of the red dots you see is because things need to go into the studio and be resized, yeah. you know. But she had that kind of instant gratification of oh, it fits, it fits. great. But I mean, there's oh, there's so many pieces. I'm very lucky. I get to work on a lot of different, interesting. You know, like there's just so many nice pieces that have gone out. So tricky to choose, and like even with bespoke projects and things like that you know if you're maybe working with someone's heirloom diamonds or incorporating some of their heirloom gold you know all of those projects are so so special as well that's the thing is like i feel like they they just they resonate with you more because it's like these people like they have had that piece for Mm. like the family have had that piece for like a few generations or something like that and and it has like so much power going through the generations so when you make it 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 just have that energy that is like really special yeah exactly yeah and I think you know when you say like is it sad when you know they go away and like sometimes you're a bit like oh but then you know like I had one of my lovely clients stop by yesterday and we made her one of my scatter bands maybe a year ago maybe a little bit more than that and she was wearing it and it looked cute and like she's looking at another ring as well to pair with it and you know and you're just like oh there it is out in the wild living its best life and you're like hi (laughs) I even actually saw one of my super early pieces from my BA show um a lovely woman who works at the National Museum of Scotland uh walked up to me on um one of the private views of goldsmiths fair and went do you recognize this guy and it's silver and it's a found stone and it's one of the first pieces that i ever made and she's like i wear it every day and i was like oh my god because that was one that sold through a gallery so i never met 
yeah. I've never met her before and she was just like no I saw you were here and I had to come over oh. and I had to say hi but that's great because it, it, yeah. it just brought that connection between the customer and, and yeah. you and, and, and it's just like so nice that you were able to see it yeah. and you're like oh hi oh, hello yeah. old friend no I literally I had quite a visceral way. I was like oh my gosh hi like you know you know what are you like what are you doing here like they're all my children in strange ways I'm just like look at you you're still out there you've grown up yeah, so much I'm just like look at, yeah But like, but it's, but it, that was so sweet. I, I, I imagine that that was like really special. Oh, so special! And I think also because the the irony of her working at the one of the museums in Scotland that is cataloging a lot of the artifacts that we found in the I landscape know. at the moment. The she was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you need to go speak to some of your colleagues." And she was, she got all excited, That's and she amazing. was, yeah, it was, it was very, it was like six degrees of separation yeah. moments. Like I, I strongly believe in those. Like they oh, do. Oh no, me too. I have like really crazy six degrees <laughs> of separation. But I have some some compulsory questions that yeah. I like to ask anybody. Of course. I'm I'm sure that I know this answer, but mm -hmm. um, what's your favorite gemstone? A diamond. Of course, of course. But, But it needs to be a special kind yeah, of Yeah, special. Like, I mean, I'm I'm living for old cuts and at the moment just because these are all the new pieces because they're just so old unique are my favorite. and special. And I'm not a white diamond person normally, but because these have all been hand-fasted in the 1800s, I'm sure these people are striving for absolute perfection. But because it's all cut by hand, it's never quite... And there's some, I love the never quite, there's exactly. just so much more poetry in it. Yes. So, so I mean, diamonds, but I'm open to, you know, we can do rose cuts, we can do baguettes, <laughs> like I'm open to different colors. Um, somebody told me that, um, I think it was Japan, people in Japan were taking old cuts and recutting them. Yeah. And that broke my really heart. Sad, I yeah. was like, I was like, <gasps> no. It is like a few people, very few and far between, but some of the artifacts that we found, uh, a few people have been like, oh, so you're going to clean them all up? No. And I'm like, no no or like when people are asking oh so you're casting from sections of these and i'm like no this is art like these are somebody asked me if i was selling them the other day and i was just like no these are priceless yeah, like these are this heritage is this history. is this is yeah exactly and i don't care that the objects aren't golden diamonds it's like my sentimental value exactly. and attachment like you could not you will need to prize these off my cold dead hands <laughs> <laughs> i love that so what's in what's your favorite metal gold sorry uh, any, i'm so any specific character? i like i like 14 just because 14 is it's that not nice like warm but not really really warm it works so nicely with those sort of more autumnal colors of yeah. diamonds like i feel you know i i worked commissioning 18 carat rose gold platinum palladium white golds but i i i like 14 i think it's like that slightly softer paler yellow without you know being super pale yeah kind of. it's a nice balance nice. i'm goldilocks i'm in the middle <laughs> you know what's your favorite technique or tool um yeah so carving lost uh you, you know uh, you know all of these yeah. i'm so sorry i know, I know them but <laughs> I, i feel like to hear from you yeah <laughs> so yeah so carving and wax like i know i do also forge pieces um and you know use different bur burrs and things like that when i'm on the pendant drill but like carving and wax and Yes, there are, are all sorts of, like, crazy tools you can buy, but, like, dentistry tools. Yes. Those are actually, mm -hmm. like, you don't need... And, and you can do a lot just with a knife, right? Yeah. I, you can buy all these incredible, fancy, expensive tools, but you don't 
that's the thing when people start asking me about carving I know it's a slight tangent but when people and they go oh well all the tools are really expensive I'm like you literally just need a craft knife knife to begin with and you can practice yeah I know somebody that carves like incredible incredible (coughs) wax with Mm -hmm. the pocket knife no, there you are. You know, yeah. I'm like, I, I, like he had like the wax and a pocket knife, and I'm like, don't you tell, don't tell me that you are doing yeah. all this carving with a pocket knife. And he's like, yeah, 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 because that's what you had. Yeah, and I love that. You know. Um, what's your favorite artist? Doesn't need to be uh, jewelry. Can be anything. Right now, at right now at the moment. Oh, um, all the paintings. She's she's gonna be so excited about this. Um, Alexandra Wong. Uh, Lexa, one of my friends. Um, well, she's become a friend now because I've, I've, we've, we've we met at a gallery show um, called I, th- I want to say it was the Other Art Fair. I was actually there to go see one of my partner's friends who was exhibiting, and then we walked past Lexa's work, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is like my jewelry, but in paintings." It was moody oh. and it was atmospheric and there was texture. Oh. It's so good. I'm oh, sure with you. you so, have to send me some so that's what's currently on all of our bedroom walls, and it's yeah. And she's also a very lovely human. That's so amazing. I've made a friend as well as an art purchase. Ah, you love that. <laughs> this is my favorite thing to do. Yeah. It's my favorite. So <laughs> not that we don't love like all the old masters, but right now, Lex, that's <laughs> all about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite li- uh, thing to listen while you work? Um, I like a lo-fi podcast, okay. like or like, you know, or like a you know like a long playlist of that sort of thing, um, or well it depends if I'm if I'm that's funny actually if I'm chilled carving, lo-fi or listen to forte or something quite like electronic but soft. If I need to make things fast in the studio, it's like David Bowie, Fleetwood Mac, Kate Bush. <laughs> I know it sounds Running like it should. <laughs> well, well, no, yeah. Like I know it sounds like it should freak me out more. But like the last two weeks prepping for a Goldsmiths Fair, yeah. I was listening. Literally, I start my day with David Bowie, uh, like and Queen under pressure because. But like it's <laughs> because they're under pressure is like it's still upbeat and there's still yes. a melody to it and everything. And it just, I, I react to what the I'm I'm quite, um, yeah, an empath in that way. Or like if there's lots of like intense stress moving around I'll pick up on it but the same take if the music is crazy then it's like sometimes I listen to the planets as well but like when it gets to Mars I need to skip it if I'm carving because it's just too stressful (laughs) (laughs) so yeah oh gosh I sound so precious don't I Um, do you have any advice for future jewelry artists I think you know I it's it's so hard because you need to find your voice and quite often you need time to find your voice. I think don't be afraid or ashamed of working other jobs and things while you're starting up your business. Like you can learn so much from other people in the industry, whether it's uh, working in a jewelry store or interning for someone, or even if you need to go work somewhere completely different, there's absolutely nothing to do with jewelry, you know, to help fund yourself while you're setting up. And then it means you're making smart decisions and you're not rushing things out there like, Rome wasn't built in a day, you gotta take time. Some people, it will seem like they've just happened overnight, but they've actually been slogging away at it for years. Some people, it does happen overnight for it, but that is like rare and you gotta just stick to your guns and like ask questions. People are usually pretty friendly. I mean, maybe don't like roll into someone's DMs and just demand to know all of their suppliers <laughs> or anything. Exactly. But, but at the same time, like 
Be I humble have. too. Well, I've had a lot of students come round um, at Goldsmiths Fair, and you know, they're when I'm like, yeah, you can touch them. They're like, oh, I'm just a student. I'm like, yeah, but we're all a student once. Like, yeah. it's nice to share these things. I think. If you're in London, the Goldsmith Centre is a really good resource. They have lots of courses and for people just emerging or people who've been there for a while and but maybe need a refresh or things like that. It's a really beautiful community to, to be part of as well. I think keep going, find other humans about you. Like, no man is an island, that yeah. very cliche, cliched classic, yeah. but, you know. But that's the thing, it's like, I feel like a lot of, like, people that just graduated, they're like, I'm going to be the, you know, the, the next, next thing, yeah. and whatever. And, like, they don't know that there's, like, everybody that is the, the next thing yeah. has, like, a whole, you know, there's, like, a mountain of things that they did before yeah. they were the first thing, the next yeah. thing. It's, like, unless you're a prodigy and, like, somebody, you know, yeah. found you and, like, you know, and, and brought you to the light, like, everybody really has had to work to yeah. earn everything that yeah. they they done. And it's, like, not everybody just, unless you have, like, billionaire, millionaire parents that can yeah. give you, you know... Uh, an investment a seed investment to yeah, something but even so I think that's not like obviously if if you're lucky and you have that then then great but like sometimes that doesn't actually help you because if you're being given things too easily then you don't necessarily know what you want or what direction to go next yeah. or you're not making like the scary decisions of being like well which of these designs which show we should probably just make one that's really good than four that are kind of okay. Like, yeah. you know, if you're having to make those kind of tricky decisions because you're you're on a budget and exactly. that's fine. And like, take yeah. your time. Like yeah. it's, you know, we're all, you don't want to be a one hit wonder that just burns, <laughs> tries to do everything. That's the side of time. Y- yeah, it's, yeah. Well, thank you so much, no. Alice. You are a delight. <laughs> I, I love talking to you. This I can talk to you fun. For, for ages. I know. <laughs> and like, you know. You're going to have to cut this down. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> I will actually put the, the front stuff. I'm not going to edit anything of this. Oh, my God. All right. Thank you so much. You can fan Alice on Instagram at Cameron or visit her website, EliseVaryCameron.com. Thousand Facets is produced and edited by me. Please visit A Thousand Facets on Instagram to see photos of some of the things we spoke about during the interview. Music by Chris Keys. You can find him on Instagram at Chris underscore Keys underscore underscore. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Watch the